Are you seeing the news? What a crazy world with all the violence and protests going on across America. What's happening? Well, our anxiety around these uncertain times is coming out in anger. George Floyd's death, the the African-American gentleman who was killed by a white officer the other day, has triggered off a series of protests across America. I agree with the message that such police violence is wrong. And it's wrong that it happens all too often with Caucasian officers and African-American men. However, I don't support the violence. This is not what we learned from Martin Luther King Jr. My question, my question today is why? Why now? There have been too many African Americans killed by white officers. Stephen Clark, Alton Sterling, Philandro Castro, Castile, sorry, Walter Scott, Eric Harris, Tony Robinson, Romaine Bisbon, and Lakeed McDonald, to just name a few. There were some protests back there as well, but the anger is more violent now than before. Well, what's the difference? Today, our stock market is crashing. Unemployment has spiked, and we're dealing with a worldwide pandemic. That's what's different. Our world is out of control, and as a result, we are seeing our emotions out of control. I'd like to offer up some understanding of what and why things are so extreme. And even more, I want to present some suggestions and some solutions. If any of that interests you, stick around. Hi, I'm Brett, your favorite shrink. I'm a licensed psychotherapist and the executive director of thegatheringofgoodpeople.com. We're a nonprofit dedicated to supporting your growth emotionally, relationally, and spiritually. We've created this new series called Anxious to address the anxieties that have been created around the coronavirus. And today in particular, I want to talk about anger and anxiety. They seem to go together. And I want to kind of explain why. Well, let me start with a story from the gathering this morning. As you may know, the gathering of goodpeople.com hosts gatherings. That's what we do. And you can think of them as kind of support groups where we help you grow, right? Emotionally, relationally, spiritually. Well, in this morning's gathering, it started with a lot of stress and tension. The riots that have been taking place across America, the U.S., had spilled over into Salt Lake City, which is not too far from where I am. Police cars were turned over and property damage was happening across the city. 
one woman shared being startled by the alarms going off on her phone and computer. These were public service announcements that the city was placing a curfew from 8 p.m. till 6 a.m. for the next few days. Just when I thought things couldn't get worse, they did, (laughs) shared one of the girls in the group. The anxiety being felt by those in our group was high. Well, part of the check-in was with Mitch, a guy in our gathering, and he shared that he had just blown up at a kid who was mowing his lawn. This morning, he had gotten a Venmo invoice for last Friday when the kid took care of his lawn. Now, typically, I give that kid a tip, along with the normal amount we agreed upon for the services. Mitch was mad. I couldn't believe that he was billing me for the tip. That was always extra. That was not something I was obligated to pay. Mitch was super frustrated because, as you can hear, he got this bill. And the bill included a tip that normally he thought was a gratuity. He thought it was something he was doing in addition to paying for the services that this kid was giving. And then when he received this invoice and it had on it a request for the tip, he felt indignant. At that point, Mitch just blew up. He went off on the kid. And um, after he kind of vented, we can say that nicely, he then shared with his adult daughter what had happened. Mitch's daughter kind of let Dad know what was going on and uh, told him, Dad, uh, you can't overpay with Venmo. Maybe this guy just didn't want to lose the tip that you'd been giving. And if he had just billed for the straight amount, all you could have ever paid for was just the straight amount. Well, at that point, Mitch realized that he had blown up at this situation, blown the situation way out of proportion. And I guess to his credit, really, he humbly apologized to the kid who was doing his lawn. What I pointed out to Mitch, though, in the group was that anxiety and anger often go together. Anxiety is fear. And fear triggers us into fight or flight, right? You know that phrase. Most people think of fear as, you know, moving us uh, away from a threat. But it could just as easily carry us into attack mode. Yeah, I've been feeling a lot of anxiety for months. But with the added tension in the world, my anxiety had spiked, Mitch acknowledged in the group. Have you heard the phrase anxiety, or I'm sorry, have you ever heard the phrase that anger is a secondary emotion? In the group, we started talking about anger typically isn't a core emotion. It's it's not 
the root problem. But anger uh, covers up something deeper, something a little bit more vulnerable, some vulnerable feelings. Fear, sadness, even love and happiness are basic emotions. Anger is not one of them. Not because anger is not a core feeling, but because it typically is triggered off by a deeper emotion. When I'm afraid, I need to protect myself. Anger is a protective feeling. It puts me into fight mode, which allows me to defend or even to protect. All around us, we are feeling anxiety with COVID-19. Stock market crashing, rising unemployment, and we have to do this social distancing thing. Those feelings for some of us are being channeled into anger. Look at how mad people are at, quote, air quotes here, having to social distance. Some are in a rage about being told to wear a mask. It is hard to quarantine, I get that. And our lives have been disrupted. But the anger we are seeing and all these protests that are going on in the world about quarantining or masking or whatever they are, they're coming, they're coming from a place of fear. Anxiety is a powerless feeling. But anger is a powerful feeling. Anger gives us energy. Anger feels like um, we can do something. Anger feels like it has a focus that allows us to, to, to attack or to, to move forward, to break through barriers, to get something accomplished to get us unstuck. Anger, anger is power. Fear, not so much. We think of somebody afraid, we think of them as weak. We think of them as actually vulnerable. We think of them as maybe like prey, a prey animal, a bunny, a deer. We think of those animals as fearful And we go out and we hunt them or attack them or whatever it is. Fear is vulnerable. Fear is weak. We don't like fear. But anger, anger represents power. Yelling, hitting, fighting gives the sense we can actually do something. It gives us a point of focus. We can't fight the virus, but we can attack the media, any authorities that tell us what to do. That's what's happening. Now, with another African-American being killed, we have an enemy. We have an enemy we can attack. Or maybe we can attack the people who are writing and this whole crazy cycle continues. 
The problem, the problem here is that anger is a secondary emotion. After yelling at a friend or even a stranger, you don't walk away feeling better. You feel worse. Typically, moving energy creates flow, which does help us to feel better. Go on a walk, have a good cry, sit and journal for a while, talk to friends, listen to music. All of these activities help you feel better. But not so with anger. That's because the core emotion has not been released. The root fear is still there, feeding and fueling the anger. Angry people are not less angry after beating somebody up. If that were true, fighters, boxers, would be the most peaceful people on the planet. And you know, and I know they're not. Anger generates more anger. The answer is to get to the core emotions. And I'm going to guess it's fear and sorrow. I'm sad to watch a man die for no reason. I'm sad when someone hurts another person for what, again, looks like no reason. I'm sad when the justice system doesn't work for everyone and one group or people are treated harshly or like criminals or criminally. That's wrong. That's all wrong. And that all makes me sad. But mostly, I'm scared. I'm scared as I watch hate, anger, and violence divide us. These days, we are more divided as a nation than ever before. More than ever, our politics are, are creating massive pain, divisions, strife, conflict, anger, fighting. We don't just have opinions anymore, our own beliefs or ideas. We feel like we have these God-given truths that we have to defend, violently defend. And we have to fight anybody that doesn't agree or think or feel the way we do because we see that other person as dangerous. Whatever your views are, if you're extreme right or extreme left, we see the other side as dangerous. And I think deep down inside, we're scared. But we can't feel that fear. We can't feel scared. It channels, it comes out in anger, lashing out. To create a shift, 
what we need to do is we all need to be vulnerable. We need to feel past anger. And that means we need to feel into the weakness of our fear and sadness. It's going to take courage to feel the pain and to share it with one another. It's going to take courage to be open, to look beyond how angry you are, how mad you are, and to feel your true, deeper feelings. You know, the ones that feel weak and vulnerable. If I share with you how you hurt me, you could use that information to hurt me some more. That's scary. That's vulnerable. But that's the only thing that we're going to do to change is to share our hurt with one another, to share our deeper feelings. You know, some of the pictures that I've seen coming out of the news, the ones that I, I appreciate and love, are the ones with an officer hugging a protester. There's a vulnerability. There's a connection being made. And I'm assuming the story in that is that that officer and that protester, they're each allowing themselves to feel, to feel pain, to feel afraid, and maybe even to feel sad. Sad that what a crazy world it's become. And it's only us sharing with ourselves and with each other our sadness and our fear. The change is going to happen or the change could happen. As long as we stay mad, we stay divided. It's only by allowing us to tap into our flow, to tap into those vulnerable feelings and let those underlying feelings go that we can heal individually and as a nation. My homework for you is to suggest that you allow yourself to feel your deeper feelings. Ask yourself, am I feeling fear or sorrow? And then allow yourself the space and time to express those feelings. Sit down and journal or even just sit outside under a tree and think and feel. Am I feeling fear or sorrow? And if I am, what's that about for me? Anger only creates more collapse. But when we express our core emotions, it shifts those feelings to flow. Every day, sit down and journal. And just ask yourself that question. Am I feeling fear 
or sorrow and allow the feelings to flow. I'm sorry that George Floyd died. When any one of us dies from violence or from a virus, it's wrong. It hurts us all. So I want to grieve for all those who have died, for all those who we have to say goodbye to. To date, there is 365,000 people that have died from this new virus. For all of you, I grieve. The second stage of grief is anger. We need to grieve, but not allow ourselves to become stuck or let the grief create more pain for others. This week, grieve with me. This week, let yourself feel those deeper feelings. And let's begin to heal ourselves and the world. And again, I want to encourage you to come and join our gatherings and share your feelings. Allow yourself to use your pain to connect, not to divide. Thanks again for listening. I'm Brett, your favorite shrink, and you can find us on a gathering of goodpeople.com. Take care.